Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hello, my name is Mike Wellham, and I'm a former military and commercial diver. And I'm here with Gemma and Ian on the Big Scuba podcast to talk about my new book, Combat Divers, published by Osprey Publishing. Today's episode is sponsored by Narked at 90, so let's find out a bit more about them. Narked at 90, their tagline has been beyond technical, which describes them pretty well. John Routley and Brent Hudson launched the company over 20 years ago. They are both technical divers who have logged thousands of mixed gas dives between them over a 30-year period. Using their engineering know-how and diving expertise have developed bespoke personal, commercial and military diving equipment and products of a universally recognised unparalleled calibre. Their ability to be adaptive and versatile with their developments led them to support the NHS during COVID. Using their superior knowledge of breathing and oxygen monitoring systems to help develop emergency ventilators. They also design and supply the sneaky stuff used by defence-based development groups throughout the Western world, although they can't tell us much about that. If you're thinking of moving across to tech diving or completely new to diving, Narked at 90 can advise and guide on the best equipment and setup for your personal or commercial requirements. Narked at 90 have unparalleled experience of shearwater dive computers and are the longest serving and sole and UK European service centre for those. They are happy to offer technical support, servicing, repairs and upgrades to all Shearwater computers, past and present. Narked at 90 stock Shearwater computers, but are also stockers and technical support centre for many other manufacturers, including Divesoft, JJCCR, Hollis, Revo and Kiss Rebreathers. Based centrally in the UK, Narked at 90 also offer full rebreather head servicing for selected manufacturers. Bespoke cable assemblies. Advice on specific fitting requirements. Suggestions and guidance for home builds. Computer laser cutting and engraving. Pressure testing to simulate 400 metre dives. So, Narked at 90, a reputation built on supporting both manufacturers and divers worldwide. Go to narkedat90.com and make sure you are following their social media to keep up to date with their latest news and offers. Narked at 90, large enough to cope, small enough to care. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. My name is Ian, I am your dive master and co-host for this episode. And with me, as always, by the power of Zoom is... Hello, my name is Gemma and I am the other co-host. Yes. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, we are recording and you are over in Pakefield. Yep, it's a Sunday morning, quite early, half past seven. And I am in the centre of the universe, otherwise known <laughs> as Bungie in Suffolk. Bungie, we're on the bum end of the UK, if you're Excuse looking at that. Excuse me? <laughs> what language is that for a Sunday morning? The butt end, <laughs> the yes. bit that sticks out. Well, we are, that's very true. Yeah. Anyway, uh, coming up. On this podcast, we have got another guest for you. A This guy has been, well, he's done loads, actually. Mm. Um, he's been an instructor, he's been a commercial diver, um, travelled the world, and he's XS SAS. 
Uh, he's been a military uh, scuba diver. And he's written some books. He has written some books. And um, yeah, so it's quite interesting. So we'll get to him in a bit. Uh, what have you been up to then? Well, we haven't, we did attempt to go diving last weekend, didn't we? But we yes. had a few car issues. We so did have some car issues on that. midway, actually, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bit of a, these things always happen, don't they, when you least expect it. Um, I know. So, but... Yes. And I still haven't got my car back yet, unfortunately. Um, so I've got, luckily enough, I've got a courtesy car, high car thing, so. Um, to tide us over so we because we've got the farns coming up in a few days time yep this time next week we'll be in the farn island so we're looking forward to that yeah be our first trip up there of the year so hopefully the weather forecast looks quite calm so hopefully we'll see some seal action as well some seals and be some and be seal yes yeah and some marine life underwater so it'd be be a bit of a seal and dive down in in between the kelp and explore what's on the bottom so where's the farn islands if you aren't if you're wondering where the farn islands are uh look at the north east part of the uh of england just mm-hmm. before just south of the scottish borders yes and there's a um a few islands um which was inhabited about oh, about 150 years ago yeah, now there's a church on there. There's still lighthouse. Um, that was manned up till I think about the seventies, early eighties. Uh, but that's now a computer-controlled lighthouse. Yeah, and um, it's a very popular diving destination for us Brits um, here. On you know, who want to go and ex- dive with the seals? Exactly, and it's very famous for that's where the RNLI all came about with Grace Darling when she rescued some people off. A shipwreck on the island. Yes, where well, it all happened. And mm. uh, she went out that night. She went out with her dad, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And they didn't have, obviously, not motorised boats. They were all rowing boats. And, yeah, they were pitch black in yeah. the storm. Yeah. So it's notorious, the Farne Islands, in the past for being quite in dangerous waters. And That lady had the Watsits made of brass. Yes. Ones, yeah. You know, yeah, there's that. even a museum, Um, I think, in, in Bamborough, isn't it? I went there a couple yeah. of years years ago yeah so that's really interesting and worth a visit yeah i can't recommend it enough it's um it's probably my maybe my seventh time up there it's a bit of an annual pilgrimage (laughs) yeah Uh, we we normally haul up there with the crystal sea scuba crew um and go up there and we're going up there again in september aren't we yeah Um, we did it twice twice last year and uh, lucky enough to do it twice this year and it's just a real nice place to go, isn't it? Mm, and you yeah. don't have to, you know, even for non-divers, is there's loads to do. You've, you know, we're paddleboarded up there. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, the um, first year I came with you, I didn't, I wasn't a diver then, so I just came up and one yeah, year I, I um, uh, went to one of the stables and I rode up there one Saturday mm. afternoon uh, on the beach, which you can do at Banbury. That that was really cool. Um, you know, there's loads you can do up there for non-diving, big twitcher area. Yes. Know, loads of puffins. If you want to spot puffins and... Uh, yeah, castles. Castles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, very famous Anik Castle uh, from the Harry Potter filming. Mm, um, yeah. so and lots of little villages to visit on the coastline, fishing villages. So, yeah, little yeah. pubs tucked, tucked away. And... Um, 
and you've got just up from there, you've got um, Berwick Pond Tweed, which mm-hmm. is great for fishing. And then you go a bit further up, you've got St. Abs, which is another great dive site. Yes. And you can have your, um, oh, what's that? What's that? dish that they do um cullen skink cullen skink yeah, yes we converted you found that one year and that was right. yeah smoked haddock and... you didn't get any last year do you? you might have to try and get it's up there we were too time. late they were shutting yeah that's right cullen skink oh that's awesome that's yeah yeah so that's another good diving um area st abs is dive boats that go out from the harbour so we've done that once 2020 didn't we in, yeah yeah it's um it's bit different there because you don't you don't get much time you only get like five because the diving at st abs is literally just the other mm. side of the you go out the harbour and, and you dive yeah, yeah you're there where yeah. with the farms you've got about let's say about half an hour 40 minutes of a of a cruise out there which yes. is nice oh, i yeah. quite like that yeah it's literally from the harbour out to the islands and then there's a good group of islands where the boats go in and out and find you know they just work with the tides don't they and the yeah. wind and drop yeah drop drop us in and then we yeah. so we're going to be taking our full face masks um we're going to be diving in that with a bit of luck um we we you know as you you've heard us talk about the full face of this neptune three masks um and we're working our depth mm. with them yeah. And uh, we'll be doing the same at the farm. So yeah, and that means on the dive will be will be depend on whether we use them or our normal standard masks. Yeah, and do meaning the depth. We've done them on Stony Cove shelf, haven't we? Which is six meters. Yeah. So yeah. we're just building up, just the increasing the depth. Yeah, just so that we're comfy and see how they perform. Um, but we, yeah, we'll obviously do full face mask and half mask. Yeah. Just see how how we get on, and we've got. I'm the hoping, as long as the weather playable, to dive in my semi dry or be mm. well. Dream. I'll, I'll um, take mine. <laughs> let's have. Let's keep the faith. I'm sure it'll be warm, be lovely and sunny, and you know, tranquil, warm waters, <laughs> warm thoughts. Yeah. No, I'll, we'll, we'll both be taking our dry suits and our semi-dries and uh, see how the water temperature, because the water temperature up there is a bit cooler than here. Yeah, but I, it, to me, it's not so much the water temperature, it's what happens afterwards, because, you you know, you, you when you're out of the farm, when you go to the farms, it's not it's a two-dive day. So you take two two tanks with you, or unless you're on a, a twin set. And... Um, so the the dive is usually you know you're out within half an hour mm. and then you dive. Well, then your surface interval in between is you got an hour hour and a half before you go in again. Well, to me, if it's blown hooly, you get cold. Yeah. You're going to get cold, and then that second dive, you're going to be cold unless uh, you know. So it's not so much about the the water temperature, but it's what's going on the mm. outside as well. So. Uh, which kind of makes my uh, decision really yeah. on that. But I, I, I like going in on the wetsuits. I think that's quite nice. Yes. Yeah. Well, last Breathing, time we were at Stony, we did uh, semi dries, and that was really lovely and not yeah. cold at all. So, yeah. so I think the sea temperature around East Anglia is 18 degrees. So that's, I saw something. South coast, that. that's been even warmer than that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll report back and uh, we'll be doing podcast from the Farn Islands. So we'll we be will give you a roving report. And then August will be a little bit quieter for us with guests because we have 
well, quite a busy August ahead. You'll dive School holidays, week. got stuff with yeah. the... I'm off to Clarkson's farm later. <laughs> Diddly squat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my son wanted to go there, so uh, we're going to go see uh, uh, see if Mr. Clarkson's around. <laughs> Have a little outing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so through August, um, our next podcast will be featuring Santi. We spoke yep. to the sales and marketing uh, director. Agniskia Pai... No, Pai Nick. Apologies, everyone. Nick. <laughs> Quick something. It's a very Polish name. So she yes. said we could call her Agnes. Agnes. So we had a good conversation with her the other day, and uh, that will come out um, in a few weeks' time once they're back from their summer holiday. We like Sandy. Sandy are, you know, they're active, they are on social media, mm. um, they react, you know, you send them a message, they react, and that is really cool. I can't, what, I, I can't say that enough. Um, how nice that is yes to in an industry and it's it seems like uh we're after covid why does it seem hard to get responses you know yeah it's and quite I'm not talking about just the dive I'm, I'm talking about in business generally, generally. <clears throat> and it's so nice when you're dealing with a company and they're like yeah we're going to react and boom 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 and their their products are you feel them and you think wow this is really well made yeah 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 so it's really interesting talking to them and uh, um i think yeah everybody will be interested because it's obviously all about dry suits and the whole thing with their dry suits is making people have a better diving experience because they're comfy in yeah. their outer gear and their undergarments they are so uh, have, uh so that's coming out and um I look forward to sharing that with our listeners. Yeah. So our guest today is Michael Wellen. And Got his book here. Yeah. So he. Divers. Yeah. We were approached by the publishing company, Osprey Publishing, um, saying, would we be interested in chatting to Michael about him, his experience and his book? Yeah. So big can... fan of our armed services and the commitment that they make and uh, all that they do for us and our country. And uh, so any of our um veterans who um have served what come on and share their stories and that we're we're like yeah you know let's hear about it let's share about it mm. um so just read a little something if so many jobs can be classed as dangerous but being a military special forces dive is close to the top of the list combat divers are an elite within an elite every special forces dive is required to pass selection twice first into the elite military unit of their choice, and then as a combat dive and qualification. The dive units themselves are tiny and their operations are highly classified. Um, using the first-hand accounts, Michael Wellam also details the first female combat divers and their groundbreaking roles within each unit. Extensively researched and written by, by the author, with first-hand experience, this is a fascinating history of those elite special operatives. Now, this book has got a lot of photos, mm. a lot of historic photos and illustrated diagrams, um, annotated photos um, and stories and lots of information. And, yeah, yeah. Um, could make a good birthday and Christmas present, I have to say, you know, for... For any diver, yeah, it's just interesting, and the pictures are really 
amazing, aren't they? They are. Yeah, some really good stuff. Yeah. And, and one of the questions I asked him is like, are you, are you allowed to share all this? Mm. Yeah. I mean... Stuff in here, and you think really, you you you've got clearances to 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 share this. Yeah. So... Well, it's all above board, and uh, and we even found out he's a Norwich. He lives quite locally. To he's us. a local. Yeah, yeah. Which we didn't know until Sorry. we. He's a yokel. He's a yokel local. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully we'll maybe get to see him face to face one day. I think yeah. his son dives or has dived with Crystal Seas. So, um, but he was really interesting to talk to, and obviously got a wealth of experience and adventure. Yeah, he's done a lot. Yeah, yeah. done a lot. Yeah, so um, hopefully, if you want to look at the book, uh, there's a link to our Amazon bookstore, so you can um, have a look for the Combat Diver book, and there are lots of other books there of people we've spoken to that have issued books and some books we think might be of interest to divers yeah always a, a book it's always nice yeah you can download stuff and all that and that's all good but you know a book is a nice that's like my log book i do like a physical log book don't yeah you? it makes it real doesn't i know it? there's apps you know <laughs> it's all good for the millennials like me but you know um you, there's something nice about a physical book yeah yeah, so so look it up. Um, and he has written a couple of other books, so yes, the, yeah. they'll be in the um, Amazon bookstore as well. And yeah. yeah, have a look and have a read. It's definitely a, a let's great know book. what you think. Let's know what you think. That'd be really good. Yeah, so I think that's obviously. Um, thank you to Nart for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, always thank you to Nart. If you haven't not yet heard of nut who are they well you need to go on their website nutdet90.com um they are a big name in the diving world do lots of engineering things if you are thinking about buying a shearwater computer if you're thinking about hey something's gone going wrong with mine i didn't think it's quite right who do i send it to i'm in the uk or wherever you, you can look at nutdet90 give them a phone call or mm. send it to them and they will get it all sorted out or if you're thinking about a rebreather and you're thinking about, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind um, getting mine serviced and maybe you've made it yourself and you're listening to this. You don't know where to where to go to. Not mm. at 90. There we go. Yeah. Any advice you need about yeah moving over to technical diving or if you've got any questions about your home build rebreathers, not at 90 are always there to help. And they're really very prompt and their customer service is 100 percent. Those guys went diving when, you know, rebreathers were in their infancy mm. and fixing them as they were diving. So there ain't a lot, there ain't a lot that they don't know, I can assure you. So uh, give them a call, go on the website and uh, get your service with them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that's about it, isn't it? We better speak to Michael. Yeah, let's get him on. Let's have, let's have a chat. Yeah, so enjoy the podcast, everybody. And thank you again for downloading. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Well, welcome to the podcast, Michael. It's really lovely to have you. And uh, we didn't realise you were so close to us. You're based in Norwich and I'm on the coast near Pakefield and Ian's in Bungie. Yeah. Well, small world. It is. It's incredibly small. <laughs> Yeah. So we we got to ask, you know, and uh, first off, thanks for joining us. And uh, it's the first time, I believe, 
we've had anyone from the Royal Marine Commandos on um, and SAS and looking through your history of diving, I think, because, uh, you know, 40 years of diving, um, uh, unless I'm mistaken, probably the only thing you haven't done is done recreational teaching. No, I've never done that. No. Yeah. Uh, my recreational things have been uh, in the past going away somewhere exotic and just putting tanks on, dropping over the side and swimming it in the shallower reaches. I yeah. know when I've been with, with other recreational divers, they all want to go deep. Mm. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. It's a challenge, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, whereas I will paddle around in a maximum of 10 metres, yeah. look at fish and all the, the other yeah. life that's there. Yeah. But you've done, so you've done military diving, you've done yeah. saturation diving. Yeah. You've done um, also, which is quite interesting. So you've been on working for the government investigating diving accidents as well. Yeah. So that's quite a you know, varied um uh, experience that you've had over all these years um probably one of the most experienced divers we've mm -hmm. probably had on for you know some time um <laughs> so the, the the question that we've kind of got to ask is actually what does diving actually mean to you when you're actually under the water um what does it actually mean to you because you know there must be something that like has made this spark happen for you over all these years uh in the in the two main areas in in military diving and in commercial diving you're there you're on your own generally doing a task you know you could be locked out from a diving bell or or coming from a surface drop or if you're in the military you're going in to do an operation uh, and generally you're on your own there might be one other person with you that you're attached to uh but it's that 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 sort of freedom yeah. Um, to go and do it it's the challenge of doing it uh i suppose they're all combined uh and it's yeah it, it is a fascinating world to be down there you're in an alien world where without all that kit and stuff that we use to get down there we wouldn't survive so yeah. it's all these challenges put together yeah. and particularly in the in the military because it's uh, it, it's generally high risk uh, and and in, also in the commercial diving, it's a lot better these days. But back in the uh, early days of the 70s, 80s, uh, you know, divers were at the top of the list for deaths yeah. in the commercial world. So, you know, it, it was all a challenge. Mm. And we would get together with, with people we knew and trusted, and that's who you dive with. But, you know, jobs had to get done. But today it's a, a lot different yeah. in all aspects. Yeah. yeah. So what actually got you into diving? Was it going into the military that where you started your diving journey? Yes. Uh, an opportunity arose. I was in the Marines at the time. An opportunity arose uh, that I could go and do a, a course. And so away I went and got shouted at a lot by instructors <laughs> through the paces, as, as the military does. Uh, and, yeah, and then it, it worked from there. Uh, you know, would, would this been a BZAC uh, training? No, training. Royal Navy. Right. Royal Navy. Okay. I think it was military. Yeah, Royal Navy training at that stage. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, commercially, uh, when I was finished with that, uh, it was uh, go down and knock on the door of a diving company in Great Yarmouth and say, I've arrived, uh, like to uh, work offshore. Yeah. And generally, you know, there was somebody there that I would know because it was mainly ex-military people that were doing it. Mm. Uh, and, and so, you know, you, they drag you off into some sort of a diving operation, throw you in. Uh, and if you survive that, then you were part of the team. And so it evolved. I mean, today uh, they have all the training courses. Saturation, it was, uh, would you like to go in the uh, SAT system uh, for you know, 30 days and, and dive? And uh, yeah, went in there, did it. Uh, I actually worked with a, an Irish guy uh, for um, a, a lot of my diving. Mm. Uh, got to know each other. We knew it was like an instinct you know, of keeping control of him and what was going on, because there was all sorts of things go wrong uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're diving from a bell. So it was, you knew who was at the other end, and yeah. that was always a, a good a good work system. I mean, you would do that in recreational diving generally, but, you know, you go down with somebody new and you don't know them, you never know how they're going to react. It's true, yeah. but, <clears throat> From the from that professional side of it, it was always working with somebody that I knew uh, and could work with them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're on those um, extreme sort of conditions as well. You know, um, if you're doing saturation diving uh, or all the military, you kind of need to know who you're going to be diving with, don't you? Yes, you do. Um, if if you're in a, a you know the the bell situation you, you know we we were working at 400 feet I don't you can work that out in meters uh i'm an old guy that's uh so well, it's over 100 <laughs> meters that's about 130 about 130 yeah. meters thereabouts wow so you know that was regular we, you know, we were down there um and uh you know if something went wrong you had to get back to the bell you couldn't pop up to the surface no you know if you did uh, from that depth, then, uh, you know, it's a body bag. Mm. But, you know, you always knew this, and there was all sorts of things that kit would go wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and all sorts. So, yeah, you you had to trust people that, you know, you were with. Yeah. So suit-wise, would that have been with, a, like, the hot water system in your in the suit? Yeah. I start with, When I first started off, it was um, just, you know, a, a, a wetsuit. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, a wetsuit. Um, what, down got... at those sort of depths? No, no, no. In the shallower depths. Oh, I say. Yeah, up to up to the well, 100 feet, something like that, in the North Sea. Still cold? Be... Or... Uh, yeah, but you don't think about it. No. A proper diver, is, his brain is damaged, so he doesn't think about things <laughs> like that. But, you know, it, it was uh, neoprene suits and we used to get them made as thick as we could, uh, put talcum powder all over them to try and slide into Just them. imagine trying to get the damn thing on. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, as you go down, it gets thinner and thinner. When you're at depth, you know, it's like a, yeah. a piece of paper. Uh, but, you know, that's how it was. And then we had Navy dry bags, uh, you know, the dry suits. Um well, they were never dry. They always leaked. But 
you know, that's what it was in theory. And you could wear your woolens underneath. And then it was hot water suits. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we're talking pre-dive computers. So you, all this would have been with scales and things like that. And tables. Tables, I mean. Yeah, every, everything was was managed uh, because the uh, I was asked by a guy the other day about diving watches uh, in an interview. Uh, and I said, well, you know, you never wore one. If you if you had a Rolex, you'd be terrified to wear it because you might lose it. Yeah. But you didn't need them at that time. You were you were managed if you want. Yeah, yeah. there was a supervisor on the other end. Uh, the only time you would be without that is military. Uh, if you're doing a swim in, for example, to go and stick mines on the side of a ship, you know you'd be in a pair, and you would have a uh, a watch for that because yeah. everything would be timed, and you'd have a depth gauge on there. Uh, so computers, uh, I don't think they existed at all then. No, no. Um, so when you was in the um, uh, Royal, Royal Marines and then uh, went into 21 SAS um, and then you was doing your diving, what sort of era was that? Uh, end of the 60s. Was that? Right. Yeah. 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 So you must have, it must be amazing to see the difference in, equipment and kit through your career yeah well I, I had a lot of dealings with it because one of my functions was 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 investigating accidents inspecting mm -hmm. uh, on behalf of the government uh, of a government department um so i used to spend a lot of time at stony cove which you all know um over there because you know they did have a number of incidents if right. I can say that, uh, and it was people doing silly things, mm. right? Ninety-five percent of the time, um, not following the rules or whatever. But yeah, but we did it across the country. What years was you doing that? Uh, I did that from, um, I think, nineteen eighty-nine uh, up till uh, well. I did it for about 16 years. Wow, yeah. So are you still actively diving? No, no, no. I haven't been uh haven't been underwater for for quite a while now. Mm. But I do obviously keep in touch. Uh you know, I, I'm always in touch with people in in the military. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, aspects at the moment is <clears throat> the Royal Navy is changing the way it operates. So I'm linked into what they're up to, uh, and I'm following. You say joining the Royal Air Force then, <laughs> <laughs> which I always know is always a little bit controversial. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, at the moment, I'm, and the other thing I'm following at the moment because it was a little bit in the book. Uh, the things that are going on in uh, the Ukraine. Yeah. Mm. They've got combat divers heavily involved in operations. So I'm following that. But there's only, a, you know, obviously because of it, they're at war, there's a, a limited amount coming out. But it's it's quite interesting, you know, where... It must know, be a funny thing um, when you... I, I've never been in the forces, although I've got relations who've um, been in Royal Navy um in the past and 
it must be a funny thing that when you spend a lifetime training and then you get a situation like you, uh, Ukraine, and although we're not involved, it does kind of lend a, um, an opportunity to put training to the test and put new skills in place and things like that. Yeah, there's an interchange. The, the whole of NATO, as far as diving is concerned, is interlinked. Yeah. Um, one example is uh, when I was putting the book together, I went to uh, the Ministry of Defence and said, I I'd like to know what I can say and what I can't say, because obviously it's a very uh, touchy subject. Yeah. So I went to them and said, you know, what can I say? And they said nothing. And I said, well, could I have some photographs? And they said no. So I got in touch with uh, the Dutch SBS, who worked alongside our SBS, and got the uh, lieutenant colonel over there and said, look, if I put something together, will you sit, does it fit in with what you do? Mm. And he just opened the door and said, yep, do everything. And what photographs do you want? So we've got some superb photographs in the book from yeah. the Dutch. So it's interesting. Secrecy is, is, is a paramount well, it kind of brings me around to a couple of questions, um, actually, about the book. So let's talk about the book. So Combat Divers, okay, an illustrated history of special forces divers. And you've done uh, various other books as well on a similar um, subject, i.e. military divers and, uh, you know, and diving and military, all that sort of thing. Um, and I was going through it, and there's a lot of history about, you know, uh, about the World War Two, about the mini subs and their role in World War uh, World War Two, and how the uh, Italians and all that they all come up with mini subs, um, and also right up to today. And there's a lot of photographs, as you said. And I thought, well, this is all meant to be really secret, although a lot of it's history and that's public. Yeah. And I was thinking, well. How if you go knocking on the door and I said to somebody and said, Oh, I want to make a book, and oh, oh I thought, well, I wonder what reaction they was gonna come out with. And you've basically said it, you know, no, can't can't do that sort of thing. Yeah, everybody else actually has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the first I got in touch with is the Australians. Uh, you know, they're very, very active uh, because you know of the of the region and the problems that are down there. Uh, and I said photographs, so they gave me access to about a 1,000 photographs of yeah. divers and, and mine warfare divers. So, yeah, and it, and it followed on from there. But some kind of, uh, at the time, even the Russians uh, said, you know, you can use stuff. and uh, But then they were a lot of it propaganda, I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, you have to read between the lines with a lot of stuff. Uh, the Americans, of course, are very much open. Uh, the US Navy SEALs, uh, and I'm a member of the uh, American Combat Divers uh, um, Organization. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's. I think it's the way you go in and me, uh, that dealing with me, they know that it's going to be... Uh, well, you're one of them, really, aren't you? You're still one of the, you know. Correct. Yeah, I would never put anything in writing, in anything, uh, if I thought it could jeopardise yeah. the guys that are going to go and do the job. And, mm -hmm. you know, 
that's a trust. So if I hear things or see things, and sometimes I do, uh, you know, I just let it go. Yeah. I've had an interesting one with the new uh, mini sub uh, that's being built uh, for the American Navy. Uh, that was uh, being built in in Plymouth, uh, which is, I thought the Americans would build their own, but they mm. went to uh, a company in Plymouth and built it. And I got all sorts of information from one of their people and went back to them just before the book was to be published spoke to the uh, managing director and said, I've got all of this. This is it all ready. It's all typed up. It's going off to the publisher. And he come back and he was pulling his hair out. And he says, you can't say that. <laughs> it, you know, uh, and I said, well, it was given to me by your chap and named him. And he said, well, he doesn't work here anymore. And I thought, oh, right. So, but we come to a compromise. <laughs> we got, you know, information to go in. Yeah. But at the moment, for example, the uh, the, the US, uh, our own people have been training Ukrainians, combat divers. Yeah. Big link before the war, uh, because I think people could see it coming. And of course, uh, as, uh, since then, uh, there has been uh, bits in the press that come up and say, uh, you know, we think this is happening and that's happening. But of course, everybody uh, keeps quiet. Yeah. 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 So just going back to the book, what kind of was the trigger to put it all together and sit down and okay. uh, I went to a publisher back in the 1980s uh, and said, you know, I, I, I would like to do a book. Mm. And they said, yeah, that's fine. And it was lucky. I, I put together the uh, the whole manuscript, really. Uh, and uh, the publisher said, yes, we're going to go with it. And they did. And the book came out in 1989, and it was called Combat Frogman. And it was the first book that had been written on the subject in the wider sense yeah. uh, since the Second World War. So that went in. It was very, very successful. And I've got an agent, uh, and he said, you've got to go and redo it. Uh, bring it up to date because there's so much going on now out there under the water the equipment has changed everything so I said well I'll see what I can do uh, and as a result uh, we got to Osprey Publishing who have been absolutely fantastic uh, sourcing photographs and editing and, and getting it in line and, and publishing it and I mean it's it's been published in the UK and the USA wow yeah. It's uh, yeah. I did notice that there's quite a few um, stock and uh, images and like images supplied by Getty. So I'm guessing some of this is that is uh, you know open for public um, if needed as well. So which is quite good. Yes, we it, somebody else picked up on this. I was given a, a lot of photographs were coming in, but they weren't good enough quality for the publisher. So yeah. that was the first problem. And then we had a number of countries, which I will not name, uh, that had provided photographs and then pulled back on that and said, you can't use them uh, because there was implications with the activities that are going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed with quite a lot of the photos as well, there's quite a few people in uh, full face masks. We're just getting into full face yep. masks. Yep. Um they are more of a um, ocean technology 
um, type of mask. We we dive in ocean reef masks. Yeah, slightly different. Yep. Um, did you ever do any full face diving? Was that? Did they sort of come in a bit later? Most of it. Yeah. In, yeah. in the early days, we used to have the uh, the Kirby Morgan band mask. Yeah. You know, which is the Kirby Morgan mask as you would see it. Yeah. Uh, neoprene hood. Okay. And to hold it in place, so that was used a lot. The Navy have, have always used a, a full face mask um, with a mouthpiece. Yeah. So that if, if something goes wrong with the mask, you can still carry breathing. breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, most of it. I, I think using um, a half. A few of them got half masks as well. It seems to be like sort of half and half with the. In the yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> if you're coming into a beach, uh, and you're swimming in, and you're and, and coming in under shallow water, uh, and as you get into closer, and you pop your head up, you need to be able to move the mask up so you've got good vision. You don't want a full face mask uh, and you can keep the mouthpiece in your mouth while you're crawling up the beach and making sure there's nobody waiting for you. And if somebody is, you can just turn around and get back in the water as quick as possible. Yeah. So well, a half you, mask you generally use for that. So you, would you change from full face mask to half mask in an operation? No. No. No, no. If you're... For special forces, they will generally be using uh, yeah, yeah, half mask. Well, they will a half mask and a mouthpiece. Mm, yeah. For that reason, you can take it off easy, uh, and it you know it can hang, just sit on your head or it can hang down uh, on to your chest a bit, uh, because you need freedom. You need you got you've got a weapon there. Uh, you've got this great big uh, bulk in front of you, which is your breathing set. So yeah. you need to have that. Uh, that freedom in front of you. And that's the best way of going. I've got to ask, right? And I've seen loads of sort of um, discussions on social media about it. What's the thing with split fins? I have absolutely no idea. Never use them. <laughs> There's quite, there is a few of people in here who got them. And I've, I've seen quite a few um, comments on social media about split fins, you know, and it seems to be like a military thing. Am I right? Not that I know of. No, that's not. I'll make inquiries on that, but that's never cropped up. All right. There's a few in the book, aren't there, who got them. And, uh, yeah, I just thought of maybe it yeah. is a military thing or not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So with your whole diving career, have you been literally around the world? Um, where have Is I been? anywhere you haven't been? Oh, yeah, lots. I've done South America, um, Africa, the the Middle East, um, and, and Europe, mm. and of course yeah. the North Sea. Yeah, I bet <laughs> the North Sea is pretty grim, isn't it? Down at those sort of depths. You, you know, when when you go and you're going up north, and you're going down in you know, and you do your bell diving, it's like diving in a bottle of gin. Really? Yeah. Yeah, very rarely is the visibility bad. It's really, if you're having something sent down to you by a crane yeah. or something, you know, you can just lay on the seabed and look up and you'll watch it come down. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, amazing. Sorry? Amazing, yeah. 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 And what, what about um, sort of marine life? So obviously you're there to do a job, but have you had any interactions with marine 
life while you've been working? Yeah, they're rather nasty things. Uh, I think the worst is war fills, uh, because if you're working on a structure on the seabed, uh, those things get in a and live in there. That's their home. Frighten the life out of you. <laughs> you say war fields. Quite big. They are quite big, and they they've got, got the teeth. teeth. They got the big teeth at the front. Big teeth at the front. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know of anybody that got bitten by one, but uh, mm. they're, they're down there. And they're inquisitive. Yeah. Uh, in Africa, um, we were doing some diving there, but it, it, it was at the mouth of a river and the silt was coming out. Uh, or the, the, yeah, the silt was coming out to sea. Uh, so you couldn't see very much. So m- most of it was done by feel. And then it was afterwards that the Americans on, on, the, on the barge said, oh, by the way, you know, there's crocodiles in there. They get washed down. The- oh, that's handy. Yeah, but we had finished, so it was all right. <laughs> and the other thing is, is encountering groupers, enormous things. Wow. Uh, yeah. Because if you're on a structure, that's their home, and they come and start bumping you. Yeah. you know? And generally, yeah, they're bigger than than what we were, but they were, you know, it was pretty harmless. Yeah. And of course, you've got in the Middle East, it's sea snakes. Uh, if you're diving at night and you put your torch on, they come straight to the light. Yeah. So yeah, all good stuff. Because you're in the, you're in their home. Yes. Yeah. So you have to put up with them. Yeah. So what out of all this? Um, what parts do you miss the most? I, I don't really think of anything. I, I, yeah, it was a job. It it was good because that's why I did it, and I did it for a long time. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's all I can do now is is reminisce. Yeah, write books about it. Um, you know, so the book is available from where? Where can people find this book? Just go go online. Uh, you know, on Google or whatever your search engine is. Type in my name, uh, Michael Wellham, and combat diver, uh, and or even if you can just remember the combat divers. Uh, and it will come up and there's pages of who's selling it. Yeah. Okay. That's and good. Is, is it available worldwide? Because obviously our audience is pretty much around the world now. Yeah. If they go on there, uh, it'll be, I mean, it's, it's it down in Australia and uh, all sorts of places. Great. Oh, well, that's really amazing because I think we're in, what, 130 countries down there. We're slowly con- conquering the planet, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Spread the word. Yes, exactly. And, you know, even if it inspires, you know, you get youngsters involved, you know, or interested in the military side of things or the commercial side, you know, it is a career at the end of the day. And there's lots of people learning to dive that maybe this might take them down one of those roads. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and even progressing on it, because if, if somebody hasn't done it and you have a go, I mean, particularly... I when I said to go to Stony Cove, uh, people would be going in there diving, but their diving to me doesn't really start till you're in the Seychelles or or some such location. Yeah, uh, when you've got that all that marine life down there, yeah, uh, to, uh, to swim with. Uh, with. It's such a good point, and um, I often think about that. And you know, you go somewhere like Stony Cove, uh, Vobster. Uh, Cape and Ray, 
uh, any of these inland training lakes and you do you use that to you know uh, get your experience some yeah. experience and uh, get better at your skills and you know we're doing this tomorrow we take my yeah. daughter my daughter um, passed her open water two weeks ago yeah uh, and I think often think with the um, the open water weekend it's a blur because you your whole time you focus on you've got the skills to do you've got to get them yeah. done and before you know it you know the weekend has gone you think what did that what did I just do so this so tomorrow um we'll be doing so, um one first dive she'll be in a dry suit and because uh, yeah. that is what she did um over the whole weekend was dry suit diving so first dive dry suit just on the shelf and just just have a dive. yeah yeah poodle about yeah um, keep above 10 meters and um let her have a dive without having to take mask off do skills and just work just think right this is diving and put a bit of buoyancy you know yeah and then second dive uh we're gonna swap things about and get her in a wetsuit yeah it's gonna be hot all day tomorrow yeah and uh and i think she'll really enjoy the freedom of having a wetsuit yeah yeah because yeah, it is different mm. yeah yeah you know i mean with the weights you have on because of the buoyancy you know, and it's not so controlled as as a wet suit, as a dry suit. Yeah. 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 But yeah, anything to get people in, in the water and under it yeah. Is, is, is brilliant. Yeah, and to have, you know, enjoy it as well. It's, you know, that's the main thing to have come out and yeah. be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Were you another one of the examples uh, um, that we've had on where once you learn to dive, you never know where it's going to lead you and uh you know yeah and it's led you to saturation diving and then also you know investigating in accidents as well and uh diving all around the world and you think about the experiences that you've had and yeah and seen and all because you learned to dive yes yeah yeah, yeah. And it's an option for people to do yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i think you know it the more and more that you we talk to people from the diving arena, there are just so many avenues you can go down. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I get pretty uh, uh, interested when you get somebody diving under the water, filming things, and I think, yeah, so I could do that. Yeah, but I never did. So uh, cameras back in the day were great, big, heavy, cumbersome things. <laughs> with filming and you didn't know whether it was working or not. Now it's all digital. Yeah. And of course they obviously put little ROVs down these days to, uh, so it, that's a bit of cheating though. Where do you see the innovation and what, you know, with all the experience that you've got over all these years and you must hear of things coming through, where do you see the excitement and uh, future going to be with diving? either on a recreational basis or commercial or, or military? Well, military is going into a, a lot more secretive world uh, because of the threats, underwater yeah. threats. Uh, but then we're having robotic vehicles now that will go down. They can travel greater distances uh, and, say, follow a pipeline and, you know, do the business and looking on that and checking on that. So there'll be a lot more technology going in there yeah uh, 
diving wise, you know, we still have uh, um, mines uh, that are cropping up everywhere. There's always countries dumping, you know, mines into the sea. So they have to be dealt with. So there'll be those sorts of things going on uh, and they will be changing with technology. Diving equipment, I mean, of course, now you're into computers and I, I suppose people will want to try and go deeper and uh, and mm. stay down longer. Yeah. Yeah, I believe the record something like 330 metres, wasn't it? As a, an Egyptian guy. Yeah, he was um, ex-special as well, yeah. Yeah. That's got no uh, no thrill for me whatsoever. No. Going I, I like to go and see something, if you yeah. Recreationally, if I'm getting paid for it, that's different. You know, I go down and use big <laughs> spanners and hammers and things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot to be said for you know seeing so much life and you know why why go deep and dark and not see anything. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and just say. And of course, you know, it's we've got to look after the underwater world as well because mm. it's. Uh, there's lots of indications that it's, uh, you know, with climate change that it's uh, it it's changing down there. You know, it's some of the reefs are dying, and we've got to try and look after it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we had um, oh, must have been over eighteen months ago, if not two years. So we've had um, guys from Portsmouth, uh, mine clearance guys, um, and they they were saying the same, very similar things. And also, we had Richard Garrett on. Uh, who's been down to Mariana Trench, uh, deepest part of the world. And he was talking to us about how uh, part of that they can't go to anymore in the um, submersible because previous people been, have been there and explored with ROVs. And instead of bringing um, all the wire up, they cut it. Yeah. Just let it drop to Just the let it drop. Yeah. 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 And it's such yeah. a shame that, you know, you've got this part of the world which is so extreme and we're only now seeing it and now we can't see it because the way it's been, you know, left. Yeah. Because yeah. once you're down there, you know, it's uh, you've got to have something that can come and get you if you get stuck. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and uh, that requires a, a, a vehicle that can go up to those depths and... yeah. so it's it is difficult yeah Yeah. but it is interesting seeing how technology is continually advancing and you know we're pushing the limits in all ways the whole time yeah 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 Yeah. i mean with mixed gases and 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 times at depth yeah Yeah. so some of the accidents you know involved uh you know the uh technical equipment people trying to push the limits mm-hmm. yeah then things go wrong so yeah yeah unfortunately but that, that's the whole thing with diving you have to be safe and you have to do your checks and well, yeah. you've got to get home yeah. and follow the rules yeah amazing how people don't follow the rules you know they think they were made for other people not them it's it's um, you know yeah yeah in reality it's you know there's a framework to follow rules to follow yeah. and if you stick to those you know you, you are going to be safe yeah, but you yeah. also you do need the people to say right, okay, what's around the corner, or push things a little bit more, because otherwise, 
we'd still be, if it weren't for people like that, we'd still be in caves. And, hey, you know, what's out there? You know, I need to know what's around yeah. the corner. You know, so in a, a controlled, and there were some divers, and I, I'm so sorry, I, I forget their names, but they've done a, really recently um, some deep, we try mix and mix in, yeah. um, blend in different chemicals. It was Dr. Um, I forget his name now. The three the divers, the team of divers abroad, and they were um pushing the limits and boundaries on blended chemical uh, chemicals and gases. Yeah. But that 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 will always go on. Yeah. It has to be it has to be calculated and you have to look at the skill and the, the right people. I mean, you don't just throw the kit on, jump over the side and go down to these deep depths. You work up to right. it. Yeah. And that's doing it properly but some people uh think they can go down there yeah you know i've okay. i've done that course i can go and do that now yeah I, and it's the, the knowledge and the experience and yeah, it's in it. It the experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah okay well yeah. With, with your experience and uh, all these years of diving let's go through to the questions okay because we're looking forward oh. to the answers yeah um so we like to give our listener a bit of a nugget, a life nugget, and you, whether it's a life hack, something. What what have you got for our listener to uh, take away from this? Well, you uh, questions. I don't know who has one, but anyway, I've got them. Who, who would uh, if I could take three people underwater? Who would you take and why? They don't have to be divers. I had to think about that one. Uh, I suppose the, the one that, that stands out is a guy called Commander LKP Buster Crab. Yeah. He's, he's deceased. He was a World War II Royal Navy frogman, uh, and he was in Gibraltar, and they set up uh, cl clearing the underside of ships from the Italians attacking. Yeah. Um, they were diving on a, on a, on a bag, uh, which was a closed circuit set up, and it was for submarine escape. It's in the book. Uh, and uh, they wore swimming trunks, tw uh, you know, 52 weeks of the year, uh, plimsolls with, with some weights in, and that's how they dived. Uh, you know, it was a basic. Uh, having spoken to some of these guys who were uh, getting on in years and they're not alive now, uh, you know, you, you talk about cold and a wetsuit or be cold. I mean, these guys were diving with swimming costumes on, and the med in winter can be chilly. Uh, and I'd like to, I'd like him to be here and go down and show him what's around now. Yeah, yeah. Because that would simply be something. Else. Guy who disappeared wasn't he he was a guy yeah he he was he disappeared um under a russian warship in 1956 yeah uh and it's quite a, an intricate story uh to go into uh we've done three books on him about yeah. it yeah yeah uh, just briefly what is the story about him he he was doing this and then at the end he disappeared Yep, he disappeared, and they found a body uh, 14 months later, washed up in uh, along the coast, uh, and the, the the government and through its 
channels, declared that it was him, uh, and uh, put a grave in uh, in one of the Portsmouth uh, graveyards and said, well, that's it, that's him instead. But of course, it, it doesn't, it's not quite as clear cut as that. But he was last seen uh, in looking at, well, he was asked to go investigate a ship, wasn't he? Yeah, the old Zona Kidzi, which was a uh, a new and, and quite elaborate uh, Russian uh, cruiser. Right. They wanted to look at the underside of it. But uh, there was another uh, sister ship, the Zverdlov. Um, they'd been looked at by the Royal Navy uh, and the bottoms checked by him and a chap called Sidney Knowles. And they'd had a look under there. They knew it was, that was what they say he was there to do. But uh, I think there's more to it than that. Mm. Yeah, often there is with these things, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was spying. Uh, and it, it, it's quite a complex story to go into in uh, to explain yeah. the, the situation of it. But uh, anybody that's interested in diving and, and spying and things like that, uh, there's books out there about it. Yeah, yeah. So is there anybody else that you'd like to take under the water? Well, I, I was going to say my son, uh, but he's already done uh, and, and really enjoys it. it. He finds it expensive to do, but there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and yeah, he really does uh, does take to it. But he never uh, never thought about doing it professionally. Mm. You know, he just does it recreationally and, and thoroughly enjoys it. Yeah, no, that's... So, I, I can't think of a third one. No, uh, that's fine. It's, no, it's fine. <laughs> there's quite a few people that I would take down, uh, but they wouldn't have any breathing equipment with them. You'd leave them there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had that before. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And the other one is uh, you have a billboard to show the whole world what would you put on it and why. Uh, well, for me, you know, we've got to get this message out. And I mean, I, I watch David Attenborough on TV pleading with the world what to do and nothing seems to change much but don't don't rubbish into the seas and oceans no, there's no need to uh because they're killing our water world yeah you know it's horrendous oh you've just spoken about that you know in the deepest i mean when i was diving in the north sea the junk that would come rolling across the seabed was incredible really you know, rubbish that have been dumped yeah it's and that's been going on for years and years and years because at one time, you know, a, a ship would just throw all its garbage over the side. Yeah. Oh, so it's it, it's ruled a bit better, but yeah, it's I, I don't know how you get it when you see some of these. They're like islands floating around, yeah. islands rubbish floating around. Yeah. It's 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 certainly not good. Yeah. Yeah, and also it's important, you know, as divers, that we we have this window that we can see all this rubbish as well. And you know, it just makes it, you know, we're the eyes underwater as well. And how do you clear it? Okay. Yes. If, if countries put their minds, getting it out, but then yeah. they come back, well, who's going to pay for this? You know, it always comes back to things like that. So yeah, that's going to be for, for your generation. What about pollution? Did you ever see any signs of that down when you was doing the saturation diving like North Sea? Did you ever see much signs of that? No, pollution was on the surface. Right. Mm. We, we would see it, you know, when there was a, a spillage or something like this. Yeah. Uh, 
and to do it. But I never encountered anything underwater that was um, what I would, you know, from oil or anything like that. No. Or plastic or things like that. Bits of plastic, yeah. Tin cans floating around and all sorts, yeah. Yeah. The, The usual rubbish. But, of course, the deeper you go, the more spread out it is. Yeah. You come in more closer to uh, where ships go, uh, where there's been any sort of installation or where people can dump it. I mean, you know, places like India and that, I mean, it just gets thrown in the river and washed out to sea. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got another um, question for you, um, which is not one of our set questions, um, but thanks for those answers. That, that was really cool. Um, have you heard the agency Brixmas? No. Uh, B-R-I-X-M-I-S. It was. It came about after the Second World War. And uh, when they carved up uh, between the West and the East, um, Germany, and particularly Berlin, it, that was the agency that basically covered that West side. My right. uncle was in it. And it's right. um, part of the so basically he used to go across uh Potsdam Bridge um and they'd go and this all part you like you can do your research about it um and I've seen various stuff and one of the things he was be tasked to do and this would have been sort of like in the 50s yeah and he would have gone across the Potsdam Bridge they would have gone got somebody and they would have these souped up cars um, and the whole back of the boot would be an oil ta- uh, petrol tank. Yeah. Be like something like a Ford Granada, say, that sort of size car. Um, and they'd go across four of them, go off. And my uncle at the time was a, um, a Navy um, or no Royal Air Force boxer. Could right. really look after himself. And they would l- go over, capture somebody who they want, and then bring them back. They would in- interrogate all that and then release. Uh, another thing he would do, he'd wait for tanks to go past, scratch off the paint on a tank, one of the Russian tanks, and that would go back to be um, analyzed. Or they would um, wait for the tanks and the people to. Um, go to the toilet and then dig up the maps and that because the the Russians at the time back then didn't have nothing to use so they'd use old maps and things like that they'd yeah. go wait for them to then go and then they'll dig it up and uh, that'd all go be to be looked at and checked and what have you and I was wondering at the time, I was just then thinking like, maybe they had divers I don't know because all these things you know part of the agencies at that time maybe they had divers back then of seeing what was going on in the mm. that side i don't know well back in that time uh it would have been sbs uh, from the royal marines doing things like that yeah uh yeah and, and they were very very active mm. sadly he's no longer with us so i can't ask him but yeah um, well, that's the trouble with a lot of the, these things, you know, the, yeah. the people that could have got the answers have gone. Yeah. 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 But that's well, a good thing about your book, you're capturing that yeah. for, you know, generations, you know, in the future. 
is. It's a good book. It's got a lot of history and uh, yeah. it talks about the future as well. So it's definitely worth a buy and a and a read. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> so we'll we'll put the link um in the show notes. So okay. you know, maybe go to um places where they can buy the book. And then if people want to learn a bit more about you, have you got any social media pages where they can go and yeah, I think I sent that to one of you. Uh, yeah, I filled in the the, uh, the preparation thing here and sent yes, it back. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, uh, the only one I do with it is Facebook. Yeah. So I've got a Facebook page. Um, the diving, I've got one for di- the diving, which I'm updating as I go along, oh. and that's Combat Divers Book. Okay. It's Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Great. Uh, and then I've got my own, which is just Mike Wellam at wherever you get into Facebook. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, we'll put the links on and then people can click click on them and yeah. uh, come straight to your Facebook pages. Yeah. yeah that's and really- then I do do Twitter. Um, I don't do a lot in there, but I just posted stuff today. I, uh, uh, I did an interview with uh, a radio station in Iowa. Wow. Uh, they just put a, th- put a thing on, so I just put that on social media today. Yes, yeah. Excellent. So there's all sorts going on. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's it's great. It's a worldwide thing as well. And, you know, it's yes. from yeah. Yeah, little old Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> it all happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been really good having you come on the podcast and a uh, yeah, really interesting conversation. Yeah. Well, thanks, Indeed, for having me on. If you've got any other questions or anything, you know where I am. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Yes. Yeah. So if any of our listeners have got any questions for you that maybe we haven't covered, then, yeah, if they drop us a a message and then we can pass it on to you to be answered. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Lovely. All right, Michael. Don't enjoy yourselves too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, we'll always have fun. Yeah. 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 All right. Lovely. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Bye for now. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Ah, excellent. Well, that was uh, that was good. Uh, yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably say for our listener. Um, so when we have a guest on, we will outline, you know, how the how the conversation is going to go. We can and uh, and we'll send on our questions to them so they can kind of get an idea of what we're going to ask. So. Uh, we've got to say thanks to Michael for coming on. And uh, so, yeah, you might have picked up that. He followed the. He followed the script. So uh, so that was good. Yeah, but very interesting, amazing um, life he's had and experiences, you know, in the military and in the commercial side. Like I said, you know, uh, apart from the recreational teaching, I don't think there's a lot else um, he can't really shake his hand at, really. I think... Um, Mm-hmm. kind of covered it all and when you look over his diving history he's covered nearly just about every continent apart yeah. from antarctica and you know and that's yeah. what we know of i'm sure there's lots he can't tell us about yeah. um from his days in the military yeah but you know he, he's got all those memories and he can like he said reminisce and it's good that he's got contacts and he still keeps in touch with all these interesting people. you know mm. because that's what I was trying to kind of hint at. You know, you can spend all these years uh, being in the military and then I, nobody wants to go to war. 
that's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But it, when you get a time, there's actually you can actually say, right, well, we can do stuff mm. a bit more. Well, you know? They've got to be action ready, haven't they? And that's yeah. what they they do. So, yeah. but no, he's very uh, interesting and didn't realise he was so local to us. So we might actually bump into him one day. Norwich boy, Norfolk boy. Mm. Yeah. So, 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 but yeah, I think his book um, makes a good read, and it's not just all text. There's an amazing amount of pictures yeah, in the book, isn't there? Bad pictures in here, um, you know, and he takes it right from the beginning mm. all the way through um, to the to the future. You know, um, and there's some lovely color photos, black and white. Um, you know, so yeah, so it's real nice book. Yeah. Father's Day's here, you know, it's a good time. It, well, by the time this comes out, <laughs> it should be gone. But for birthdays and next year's Father's Day, this would make a nice, nice book, nice yeah. present. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, another good book to add to the bookshelf. It is, actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So, if you, like we said, if you've got any questions for Michael, um, pop them our way and we'll pass them on to him or just go directly to his Facebook page, and uh, drop him a message, and I'm sure he'll be very interested. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting what he said about um, what is it with recreational divers? They just want to go deep. And I thought uh, that's a question we've often asked, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that is very true, especially if coming from somebody who's been seriously deep and uh, done all done all that. Yeah. Yeah, but there, there will always be people like that and... Yeah, as we say, sometimes they they are an accident waiting to happen, aren't they? And it's also interesting what he was saying about the special forces, um, because obviously, you know, this stuff goes on that we never will get to hear about and know. But you know, it's thanks to our uh, men and women in the uh, armed services who does who do all this, so the rest of us, you know, can go about our daily business. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And this book gives you an insight into that. Yeah, keeps the wheels moving. Yeah, it does. So, uh, no, thank you very much. If you're listening to this, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading this episode. Uh, don't forget, there's a whole load. Um, Over we mentioned 100, there is 150. Uh, two years ago, uh, we spoke to the mine clearance guys in Portsmouth. Uh, we spoke to uh, before that. Another guy, mine clearance. Um, they, you know, yeah. uh, acting still in the forces. We spoke to Mister Torbett, who spent spent time in the forces. Um, Phil Short, who's done commercial, uh, stuff. commercial diving. Yeah. So we have spoke to a whole plethora of various divers and explorers. So go back, have a look, have a listen. And uh, any questions or give us any you know, review and feedback, you know, we welcome the lot. So, yeah. uh, any questions for us, pass them our way. Yeah. yeah, we are learning and building our experience up on full face diving, aren't we? So yes. yeah. have yes. a look at that. We'll be sharing about that as we dive yeah. in it more. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's now just getting our dive gear ready for the off tomorrow and we're jumping in Stony Cove tomorrow. Yeah. We should also take this opportunity to say thanks to Narked at 90, um, who are our lovely sponsors. So if you're diving on rebreathers or you're thinking about buying a sheer water computer, um, have a look at their website at narked at 90.com and yeah. give them a give them a little look and see how 
um, they can be of service to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And go to our website. There's lots on there. Uh, various things like not all diving. There's paddle boarding on there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you, you can have a little uh, survey of our website. And Yeah. We are also on YouTube. There's various stuff on YouTube. Uh, so subscribe on that. If you listen to us on iTunes, uh, please leave us a five-star review. It helps your buddy find us and it helps spread the word <laughs> to even more countries. We're slowly conquering the world, Gemma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few more to go, but we're getting there. So. We are. So yeah. anyway, so I think really, Gemma, I think that was... The Big Scuba Podcast. And thank you very much for downloading. See you next time. Thank you. Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba Podcast. But... If you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.